Hey, I'm Trevor, and I love most things. So I decided to start a podcast where I sit with friends and defend films most people hate. Welcome to Trevor Loves Everything. Oh, man. It was <laughs> terrible. Now I'm mad at him for making me watch it again. It's so good. Well, Trevor Loves Everything. Everything! Welcome, everybody, to another wonderful episode of Trevor Loves Everything. Um, my guest today is the fabulous Damien Beliveau. Super fabulous. Super fabulous. Yes. Um, a little backstory before we get into the movie that we're going to talk about, which is quite a hot topic movie. Um, it's very polarizing. There's both sides to it, but we'll get to that in a second. Damien and I often are on the same side. Often. When it comes to liking movies that most people dislike. Pretty often. Pretty often. We're like, what? Like, I sent Damien a list of movies that I like that I know are unpopular. And he was like, what? People don't like those? <laughs> it was surprising. Yeah. So it was it was uh, much like, like a Like Domino. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so Ooh, good, right? <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Daisha needs to slow her roll, man. She's out here with Resident Evil posters in her bay, and she doesn't like Domino? Come on, man. Well, speaking of Daisha, Damien was another one who was uh, very difficult for me to find a movie for us to talk about, because uh, if you're you're new to my podcast or um, forgot, um, basically it's, I love everything, but we talk about movies that I love that the majority of people don't like. And so in this rare occasion, Damien actually dislikes this movie alongside a lot of other people. Um, And so the infamous movie... Do you have numbers on that? Like, what is the, what, what is, what is you know, the, the, I, the sort of figures behind those who do not like Lady Ghostbusters? You just, just out with it. Um, oh, you, oh, you're supposed I, to I was, drop that. Yeah, I was going to drop it. Oh, go, <laughs> drop it like it's hot, bro. I'm sorry. That's your, that's your, okay. you're supposed to do that. All right. I'll just have that bleeped, and then I'll say now. It'll be like Kill Bill. It'll just... <laughs> It's, it's it's all this whole conversation is going to be all out of place, uh, but the, if you, you heard it, you heard right. Damien said uh, the movie we're talking about is Ghostbusters. Twenty sixteen Ghostbusters. <laughs> Lady Ghostbusters. The new the reboot. <laughs> Class for apparition. That's okay. She seems peaceful. My name is Erin Gilbert, doctor of particle physics. At- <laughs> that stuff went everywhere, by the way, in every crack. Very hard to wash off. We have dedicated our whole lives to studying the paranormal. Now there's sightings all over the city. There are people out there that need our help. Holtzman, you're a brilliant engineer. Aaron, no one's better at quantum physics than you. We can provide a real service. I'm joining the club. You guys are really smart about this science stuff, but I know New York. And I can borrow a car from my uncle. Uh, You didn't disclose that the vehicle was going to be a hearse. It's a Cadillac! Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh. Did you want to? Sorry. sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you. Next time. Okay. Someone is creating a device that amplifies paranormal activity. And we might be the only ones who can stop it. Hold 
Saltzman? Come on! The hat is too much, right? Is it the wig or the hat? There's a bigger picture at hand here. These ghosts can possess the human form. The, the Rotten Tomato of Ghostbusters. Lady. Rotten Tomato. There it is. See, everything says Ghostbusters 2016. Come on. 2016. Okay, 2016. See, now 2016. The, the critic score is 74%, which is actually really good, but it's 50% on audience, which is M- more accurate. And I think that the critic score is probably being very generous. Because they don't want to get pummeled. Because of the political climate. Gotcha. Yes. Well, see, and, and this is, this is I think, might be... I'd have to go back and check. I'm, not, I'm really not good with, like, coming in with facts on this thing. Because I tried last episode, and it just I'm felt... prepared, man. Well, it's like... Not it's, very marine-like. <laughs> we got, got another veteran on. Damien is a veteran. <laughs> I'm just doing a whole series of veterans on I mean, I was on. I was in the Army. We yeah. were prepared. I'm prepared for this. I got a book of notes oh, right it's here. coming in. <laughs> um, but it, it's less less me not having the information it's more like last episode i tried to come in with like oh it was made in this and it cost this much and it just felt weird because that's not really my pot my podcast isn't about the nitty-gritty of making the movie it's not the business exactly it's the emotion of filmmaking so there you go you got t-shirts yeah (laughs) i got merch coming (laughs) stay tuned give me the merch give me the merch (laughs) trevor loves everything the emotion of filmmaking (laughs) I love that. Yeah, 15%. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to split that with you. Um, but I don't yeah, I don't even remember where I was. Oh, yeah, so the, the audience score is 50%. I think that's the highest um, percentage on my show so far. I'd, I'd have to look at the oh, numbers. Wow. Um, and I was actually thinking a while ago, too, I might do The Last Jedi, because while a lot of people like it, a lot of people loathe it. And so it is a, it's a weird thing where it's like... You love that movie, right? I love that movie i love anybody who jedi. doesn't like the last jedi is a cop <laughs> it's that easy like it's that it's really not complicated you don't like the last jedi you can't be trusted no 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 trust <laughs> it's so good out the window it's um, good man but yeah i might i might i might have to do that and th- this is this is kind of testing those waters seeing how people feel about like covering something that a lot of people and i know i know a lot of people who do like ghostbusters um okay so you can't trust them either <laughs> so so we'll get into that i do want i do want to state i am not a fan of reboots and remakes and all that i do think we're being inundated with them i think there's kind of an overreaction to them. I think we could just ignore them. I sometimes like it. Beauty and the Beast, I think, was a gorgeous, wonderful, beautiful film. The the remake, the live action remake. Oh, you're like yeah, I, I no, yeah, that. I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to see that. <laughs> well, because you don't watch animated. I don't films. watch animation because yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have children, and I'm an adult man. <laughs> but so. you like. But you like Spider Verse. 
Spider-Verse was good. Right. Spider was like an animated movie for grown-ups, though. There's a lot of those. That's what a lot of Pixar movies are. No. They pretend to be for kids. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's it's like I appreciate the effort to put that in there, but like no, I don't. I don't think Spider. I think Spider versus. I mean, Spider versus like the Spider-Man comics, which is like they're for kids, but they're also for adults. Exactly. Yeah. Like Toy Story is not for adults. Oh yeah, it is. They might be like. Uh, what do you call it when you hide something and sort of like s- s- uh, sneak it in? Like, yeah. uh, you know, they're trying to package in like an adult experience well, in Toy Story, but it's really a movie for kids. I, it's, it's about toys. It's about it's toys. Toy but story. it's but we were all kids. We all had toys. Yeah. Oh, yes, like yes, it's yes. so it taps into that raw emotion that you have that seven year old in you. Yes. It, have you watched it? Toy Story? Yeah. I've seen Toy Story. Okay. Yeah, I saw it up. I've seen, like, the big ones. Yeah. Wally. It's check out, man. Oh, I don't man. Know. No, because it, it doesn't... It's... It's it's not what I'm... It's not what it's, I'm yeah, into movies That's for, not your jam. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is... And I can appreciate, like, the beauty of some... Um, but for me, like... Specifically with the animation, I know we're kind of getting... We're kind of, kind of getting off topic, but not really, because yeah. there's a lot of... Uh, CGI and mm-hmm. um, computer-generated effects in Ghostbusters, which are like part of my problem with it. Mm-hmm. But I, what I like about movies has, I don't know. If I'm going to watch animation, I want it to be something that is like so far removed from what could happen in real life. That, which is what Spider Verse does. Which is what Spider. It's like <clears throat> so crazy, you know, yeah. and like so inventive. And so much of the current wave of animation seems to be constantly trying to move to, move closer mm-hmm. to live action, and it's like, well, what's the what's the yeah, point? Yeah, like of that? try to be photorealistic. You know? Yeah, like I don't like I don't know. I'm not, yeah. I'm not I'm not that interested in that. Yeah, I dig that. Well, we we so. we just epically sidetracked. <laughs> Um, my audience is gonna be like, "Wait, but you can edit this, right?" Yeah, this Damien guy doesn't like Up. It doesn't like Wally. Fuck no, this. No, no, Up is fine. Yeah, Up is fine. If you don't sob in the first ten minutes of Up, you're a grown man. Oh my God. Just again, kidding. Just kidding. Again, just kidding. I sob for. Everything. I'm not as bad as I sound. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> So what are we doing here? So we're talking about Ghostbusters. Lady. <laughs> Lady Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, tw- parentheses, 2016. 2016. The remake. Um, so this movie came out. Um, I'm sure anybody listening knows about all of the... What's the word I'm looking for? Controversy? All the controversy surrounding it. The controversy came from the moment they announced it. They said, we're doing a Ghostbusters where it's all female leads. Mm-hmm. And... One one thing that I think happened with this film is there were legitimate complaints of I don't want a remake. And it's like, sure, none of us want remakes. And then there okay. were people saying, I don't want an all-female remake, which can be in a, a, another conversation and argument. Of this itself. is closer to my right. <laughs> position. Personally, I, I loved it. Um, I loved that they, because they kind of took it in that direction. And it was a fun way to tell the story. I didn't have a I, like. I don't care for remakes, but I also mm. wasn't just like, "Well, you can't." I grew up watching Ghostbusters, and I wasn't offended that they did an all-female <laughs> Ghostbusters. Like it didn't 
destroy my childhood that other sure. Ghostbusters still exists you know what I mean so I was yeah, like 100%. oh yeah 100% it's like the Jay-Z line you like my old shit go buy my old album yeah right? like, <laughs> like I don't want... oh, go, but Ghostbusters are still yeah, there like, that. <laughs> that, like that's not what bothers me about the existence of Lady Ghostbusters okay my my, my look <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie right <laughs> when you invited me to do this I, well, we had to reschedule once because yeah. I hadn't watched rewatched the film yet. I saw it when it came out. I right. saw it when it came out in theaters, and I was not a fan of it then. No. Um, t- people who I trust and respect really enjoyed it and liked it and told me I should give it a second chance, and I declined <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> and then you invited me. You sent me this list. You referenced that you know, like oh god, well I'll do Ghostbusters. Sure, why not? And I was like, but I got to watch it. I got to watch it. I want to be prepared. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to go on Trevor Loves Everything, yeah. I got to be ready for the experience, right. right? Like, can't go in there like half cocked. Yeah. So finally this weekend, I've, I've, like, I wasn't going to buy the physical medium, but I ordered it on Amazon. You know, it's, can you curse on this thing? Yeah. Say whatever you want. It's, this is a R-rated podcast. That's yeah, R-rated Trevor podcast. Trevor Loves Everything. Even F-bombs. Yeah, even F-bombs. I, uh, you can't rent, you can you know, you can't rent this. You can't? No. You have oh. to. Well, I don't have iTunes movie or I only have Amazon Prime. Oh, gotcha. They force you to buy it. I think you can rent it on iTunes. I mean, well, it was it was irrelevant to me because I owned it when it came out. Well, of course you did. <laughs> I did not. And when I got to the page and Prime was like, you got to buy this. It's 18 bucks. I was like, son of a... I'm not I'm even going to... It's not worth it. So we buy it. And me and my girlfriend, Alexis, who's much more patient when it comes to movies than I am, mm-hmm. we start watching it. I'm not going to lie, man. I, I didn't even finish the rewatch. Oh, shit. I barely got 30 minutes into the rewatch. Oh. When Chris, uh, when Thor walks out, is it? it's Thor, the one who's in it, right? Not <clears throat> Chris Captain Hemsworth, America. yeah. Yes, Chris Hemsworth. There's a point when he like... Uh, I got it right here. When Leslie Jones comes, like she's reading the magazine and she's like for the, she wants to be a part of the team. Right. Uh, ma'am. Hi, ma'am. If you're waiting for takeout, you should really wait downstairs. Oh, it's, um, the magazine was here. So I, I, I don't know. I just thought that might be your waiting room. At that moment. And then they cut to a shot of Chris Hemsworth walking out and he walks into a wall. Oh, did you hurt your face? And I remember I was like, oh, this is like. I was trying really hard to just persevere yeah. and watch the whole thing. Oh. And I was like, no, this is really bad. I, you know what? I just can't. Chris Hemsworth is the one that took you it out. Just tri- it, and that, like, that moment, because I forgot, I didn't forget. I just, when I was so blatantly reminded that one of the agendas of the film was that every male character had to be a complete idiot, uh-huh. I was like, this is just going to be insufferable. Because already in the first scene, I was very frustrated because there's so much talking, mm-hmm. right? And then the second scene, and you know who's great in this movie is Kristen Wiig. Uh, she is great. She's lovely. She's funny. She's very subdued and low-key. Fingers crossed. Not that crossing your fingers means anything, because it doesn't. Oh, I couldn't disagree more. It's been proven that superstitions can have tremendous performance benefits. Exactly. I'm wrong about everything. I'm, I'm not a fan. And you know this. I'm not a fan of Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, I know that. Not a single one of her movies. In preparation for this, I was actually, you know what? I'm going to watch Bridesmaids. Can You Ever Forgive Me? No, oh. Bridesmaids is brilliant. Oh, but yeah. it has nothing to do with her. She's she's like, that was like her, break, her breakthrough role, right? Right. Um, 
fun piece of trivia though that I didn't that I didn't know and that I didn't realize that when we were gonna do this a couple weeks back, I watched one of my favorite movies of all time. Charlie's Angels. Yes. McGee's Charlie's Angels. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the OG. And Melissa McCarthy's in that. What? Who? And when Lucy Liu and the team like break into uh, the building, you mm-hmm. know, and there's like the whole like uh, De Palma homage and Mission Impossible, there's a scene where Lucy Liu is like, um, does anybody have any other great ideas like this man's Pepsi machine? And they're like, me! And then, dun, 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 And running next to her is a woman who has like a clipboard, and it's Melissa McCarthy. You must be Ms. Aaron's. <laughs> I'm Doris. I'm sorry for all this confusion. I had you on the schedule for next week. <laughs> this week. I don't know what happened. <laughs> That's what I'm here to figure out. <laughs> well, you are the efficiency expert, huh? <laughs> yes. I am. Bitch. I heard that. I'm like, holy shit. She's good in this. <laughs> that one time. That one time. She's good for a bit part. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's not what I watched. Um, I watched um, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Mm-hmm. I've never seen that. It was like her big Oscar bid last year. Mm. Mariel. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing the trailer Somebody directed it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's nothing special. No. Like, it's not a bad movie. It's it, just the it's most... It's a drama. Com- it's a drama. Gotcha. And it's the most common thing imaginable yeah just like competence just fundamental competence like they somehow- just they dotted they connected the dots yeah, it's, gotcha. it's, it's a movie that exists it's a movie that exists exactly yeah. nothing special they deserve an oscar look how serious she is yeah. so yeah melissa mccarthy not a fan but i will say in a little yes side i will just say that is something too sur- surrounded by this movie is if you're not a fan of Kristen Wiig or Melissa McCarthy, either of them, the movie I can imagine would be insufferable it's to anyone. Like, work. and and it, and that's not a that's not a bash on them. That's that's more like if you, if, for instance, there are comedians that I don't think because there's all these different types of comedy, right? I don't like mm-hmm. Two and a Half Men. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's a bad show. Sure, I just that's not my type of comedy. I don't like studio laughter. Sure. I don't like any of that. But there's obviously 20 million people who think that's funny a lot of people think it's big funny. bang theory everybody there's a lot of people that think it's funny i don't yeah, think it's funny that's, that's a funny show <laughs> you're like well now you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just it's it's comedy is one of those things where it's definitely something where it's it's something that you are into and, it, and there are comedians who you think are funny like I, I was subjective. just having a conversation with someone where half of my friends think Ryan Reynolds is worthless, and then the other half of us love what? Ryan Reynolds. He's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> but it's like, I get it. If you don't like Ryan Reynolds, you're not going to watch Six Underground, the new Michael Bay film coming out on Netflix. <laughs> Damn, I hope you get some money for I that. Know. I don't know why that I said that. That was a legit like, plug, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, you were for ESPN or said... something. <laughs> well, I've been talking about Michael Bay films a lot on this, so I think that just happened naturally. Am I brainwashed? It was Did pretty I just... natural. <laughs> you're going to get a job at wherever that dude yeah. runs things. That's right. Um, but, no, but the, uh, but the other person you've got to mention is Kate McKinnon. Yes, she is. Annoying. Amazing. <laughs> she is one of the best things. Like, one of scene of hers in this movie, and we'll get to it later, is the, is the linchpin. Just get to it now. Of why I love Okay, we'll get I to it now. I probably checked out. Like you said, we'll do 
the Quentin Tarantino, like, we'll just go all over the place. The the scene that that stuck this movie in my heart, because overall, it's pretty generic. Like, the the design of the film is, is like, like what you said, where it's, like, very paint-by-numbers. There's a lot of funny jokes that I think are funny in it. I think the third act kind of falls apart. The villain is uninspired. Um, all those things. I agree with those things. It's right. fun for me to watch, but it's I'm not like, this movie is a masterpiece. Hey man, Trevor loves everything. You're going yeah. way too dark. No, dude. no. Well, that's the, that's the thing. And that's what I talk about on my episodes is like, I do love everything, but I also acknowledge when there are problems in films. You, you know what I mean? You can see like, the flaws. Exactly. Like, I can right. see the flaws, but still love it for what it is. And so I enjoy, like, the experience of watching this film. But the thing that made me fall in love with this movie mm-hmm. is when they're fighting in Times Square fighting the ghosts and they're being badasses there's one moment when a swarm of ghosts are coming up to kate mckinnon and she's like oh i forgot about these bad boys and she pulls them out and she licks the gun and she goes to town on these ghosts and this big epic orchestral ghostbusters theme happens forgot about my new toys let's go thing I've ever seen and the thing that's the most badass thing you've ever seen it is one of the most badass things I've ever seen it is it like I it's moved to tears when I watch it badass than the crazy 88s and Kill Bill no more badass than that (laughs) well I didn't it it is one of the most badass you just said ever okay I misspoke it's one of the most badass things ever I mean, Schwarzenegger it taking brings, out Predator in the jungle. Well, see, the, the, difference, you know, the difference between those scenes and this scene, those scenes are awesome, and I smile, and I'm excited. This scene is mm-hmm. awesome, and I smile, and I'm excited, and I cry. And that's what differentiates this from the other scenes that I've seen where people are doing really cool things, because for me, and it was also being a father of a daughter, yes. was this really emotional experience of, like, my daughter gets to see this woman... Being mm-hmm. awesome, not mm-hmm. sexualized in a dirty jumpsuit, no mm-hmm. boobs, no butt, nothing. You know what I mean? Like nothing showing. Sure. She's just straight up being an action hero, which you don't see often. Because mm-hmm. even in Kill Bill, she's in tight leather. Like, it, I mean, and that's no no dig on Kill Bill. I fucking love Kill Bill, and I love sure. I love everything Quentin Tarantino does. But th- there's none of that. Like there's nothing in this scene that's just like. Oh, they're they're just trying to make that sexy or whatever. They're like she was right. treated just like a male superhero was treated, and it, every, like even now when I was watching it up in my office on my little computer monitor, I just like into it just and tears down in. my face. Like it 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 gets me, man. Wow. And that's the thing that like sinks okay, this well, Ghostbusters into my heart. I mean, how do you argue with that? <laughs> how do I how do I respond to that? You know, there is no response. That's what that's something what Josh said on the first episode. I, like, it's, <laughs> there's like, so oh. much passion, you know. <laughs> like you got you got to appreciate that. You got to admire that. Like I love that. Yeah. I just I had no 
I had no in like that. Like yeah. I don't have an in like that. And yeah. I don't subscribe to this idea that like, you know, before this current wave of, uh, female superheroes that little girls and women didn't have characters to look up to. Like they, they, they absolutely did, you know? Yeah. Um, I appreciate that though. And I think it's like very touching and sincere and it's an important, um, way to contextualize any film, you right. know, if somebody has a personal into it and there's some sort of, um, you know, in the immediate moment to say it's like a nostalgic quality is, is maybe a little imprecise, but, um, but 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 there's a um, you have an emotional way into it, right? You know? yeah, yeah. Like I don't like I don't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's that's you fair. Know? Like I feel like if I didn't, I I've kind of well I have grown a lot as a human being over the past um, decade or so, and especially over the past seven years. My daughter's mm-hmm. seven years old, um, and uh, see the world a lot differently and. And to your point, I do think, like, yes, little girls did have people to look up to in the 80s and 90s, like Xena, Wonder Woman, things like that. But it was far below the number of people mm-hmm. we had to look up to. Sure. Like, the numbers are not even, like, if you held the numbers up, you'd, like, these are random numbers, but it's like 5 to 90. Like, it, it's not sure. even. Yeah. And, and yeah. There, there was this great <clears throat> article that I read <clears throat> when uh, this came out where this woman was saying she was she started the article by just talking about what it was like being a seven-year-old on the playground with boys where they, she would have to be April O'Neil or the receptionist quote unquote from mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. Cause nobody could remember her name. And she was like, and she just did it. Cause she was like, well, at least I get to play with him, but she never got to. And I experienced mm-hmm. that with my daughter. She was playing with boys and she wanted to be Spider-Man and they told her you can't because that Spider-Man's a boy. Mm-hmm. And that breaks my, I stepped in, but like, seeing that moment she kicked their ass no i just corrected them i was like emma can be whatever the fuck she wants to be (laughs) um and but seeing that still like like me doing that didn't doesn't stop the overall thing her seeing that obviously me it it helps but like seeing it seeing herself represented is a very big thing for her so to be able to see have these characters to kind of look up to i think is a huge thing and i and i do i i acknowledge like that is i'm I'm not sure i would react the same way i'd probably be like oh ghostbusters yeah that was fine yeah i, I probably wouldn't have connected as much with that scene if i didn't have it yeah daughter. you know i i like i really appreciate that you know because for me i got i and like i'll have this conversation a, a version of this conversation with a lot of people when it comes to movies that are like I've had this conversation with, with some friends about Hustlers, yeah. which I think is a very poorly, not poorly done. It's like... That's that new someone, Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's strippers. Okay. I mean, <laughs> we edited Bad Girls Club. <laughs> like there's not... There, I can, and I will say this and have no shame or yeah. guilt about it. The things we did on Bad Girls Club yeah. were infinitely more creative than anything that happens in the entire 90 minute runtime of Hustlers. <laughs> it is flat. We did some crazy shit on Bad Girls. We did a lot of crazy shit on Bad Girls. Yeah, amazing, amazing, beautiful <laughs> things on Bad Girls. Yeah. But we digress. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm like, I'm like, for me, more important than uh, being a woman or being black or being gay or being whatever is the craft, you know? And I, I, my personal tastes lean towards films that have space mm-hmm. and ambiguity 
and mystery and subtlety. Um, Ghostbusters 2016 has none of those. It does not. It's very loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more I thought about it, the, the word that just kept coming back to me is that this film is thirsty. From the very opening scene, it's just like, look at me, look at me, it's, look yeah. at me. You That's know, fair, yeah. from scene to scene, it's just dying. Like it's dying. Like it's one joke. It's like there's a saying in writers' room: you put a hat on a hat. It's like they put a hat store on a hat store. Like the whole thing yeah. is just too much, too much constantly. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, what, like especially when when you look at this thing in 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 contrast to the original ghostbusters which is like space. dude it's so low key yeah. there's like the only person more normal than Dan Aykroyd is Bill Murray mm-hmm. like they found the most average common everyman type of characters right to populate this film that was all about ghosts yeah and it's like that's to me you know, yeah, it's the perfect way you you build a world that, where like the unbelievable, the impossible, the the uh, supernatural is to make the protagonist be average, the most normal people. Ghostbusters 2016 is like, you know, even Kristen Wiig, who's the closest thing to normal in that film, is constantly wearing some insane outfit. About your clothes. Yes. Too sexy for academia. Never mind. Mm-hmm. And they cut, and, and, and it would be, I mean, I wish they would have just like let her rock these crazy polka dot and stripe things because it was actually dope. But somebody's like, not sure. Now you're going to wear that jacket. You're going to yeah. do it. And it's like, where'd you get a bow tie that small? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, why? Like, everything has to be a gag. How yeah. am I supposed to like connect to this? Yeah. You know? I don't know. It's a different kind of movie. And like, I'm very, I'm very, like, I was very, I I went into this rewatch, like very open to it being something else, like being its own thing. But there was just too much about it that runs in complete opposition to my personal aesthetic interests to like really get into it. You know, um, what I, what I forgot about, well, you go ahead. No, but let me just say real quick, what I forgot about (laughs) and I didn't realize watching it this time is that there's like there's an antagonist. Yeah. There's like somebody who's releasing ghosts. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Well, and that was what I was saying. The villain is so uninspired. Like I just in the original Ghostbusters, the, the, the just problem ghosts. was the system. Yeah. And like the was the mayor, or the governor, or the chief of police, or somebody was like didn't want to pay for something, so shit was going crazy. Right. You know. And it's like here, it's like no, it's this guy, and he's the villain, and he's got a like he's yeah, got a whole crazy. motivation. And it's like, wh- like, why? And, they, you know, they're in the subway and they're explaining, oh, the, 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 the beam thing operates because of this mixture of this certain... And it's just like, I'm out, man. Yeah. I'm out. Like, I can't, <laughs> like, I, like, I can't watch a thing that is explaining yeah. that much. I, I just get well, bored. Like, I what am I doing? I agree with that. I think, uh, I think the, pro- the film gets in its way a lot. Mm-hmm. I think they... Personally, I didn't have a problem with the amount that they did where they were like basically making fun of the people who were giving them shit on the internet. Look at these comments. You shouldn't be reading this stuff. You're not supposed to listen to what crazy people write in the middle of the night online. There were all these little things and then Chris Hemsworth. So the villain I disliked. Like I just felt like he was so unnecessary. I didn't like watching him. He didn't bring anything. There was no reason 
Uh, and it just like that was not anything. But Chris Hemsworth, mm-hmm. I didn't mind the way they treated him because mm-hmm. he is one of my favorite comedic actors. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to do comedy like 90% of the time. Okay. He is so funny. And the first time I saw him do comedy was the first movie he actually shot was Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. which was before, he shot it before, it's, if my facts are right, someone please correct me on Twitter, I'm sure you will. Um, but he shot Cabin in the Woods with Joss Whedon and they shelved it because they didn't know how to promote it. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, hey, you guys should cast him as Thor. And then he did. He shot him, and then they did Thor, and then he did Avengers, and then Cabin in the Woods came out. So he actually shot him, and was like, "This guy's really great." Mm-hmm. Um, and he and Cabin in the Woods, he's really funny. Mm-hmm. And in Thor and Avengers, like when I when yeah, I went yeah. to watch Thor, I was like, "Oh shit, this is a really funny movie," and a lot of it is him. <clears throat> yeah. And he's so funny in this movie, and and the the gag of him being stupid never gets old for me. Like him not having glasses in his glass in his. Hey, <laughs> he's a great sport. Yeah, <laughs> and he is really funny. He is really funny. I don't like to me. It's the 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 premise yeah. that he ought to be an idiot. Yeah, as if all of these female characters in that position throughout history have been treated. Treated like idiots, right? Which is just inaccurate, you know. Um, and it's not just him; it's pretty much every. If if a man appears in the film, they're either stupid, obnoxious, yeah, obnoxious, uh, or a combination of both, yeah. You know, they're, and, and, they're and the worst like, parts of everything. Of of whatever they are, they're the worst exaggerated car- car- caricature, yeah, of that vice, yeah. And it's just like. Well, why, like, why intentionally do that? Like, I'm all like, what I'm, I'm, I'm all for, and you know, and I don't know how much you want to tell your your audience about who I am and what I look like (laughs) and what my background is. Go for it. Believe me, I am all for equality for all people. (laughs) Tell them whatever you want, (laughs) you know. Trust me, look me up. Like, I'm, I'm down for all the causes. Yeah. And what that ought to mean is like, well. The standard is up here. Treat everybody well. Be kind to everybody. Right. That doesn't mean, oh, well, we got power now, so this guy's going to be an idiot, and every man in our movie is going to be a piece of shit. Right. Like, that's just, it's like you're doing the thing that you've been hating on forever. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah, I think... I'm, uh, I don't know. I, I get that. I, I get that sentiment, um, and I understand where that comes from. I feel, like, for me, I didn't mind the way they treated men in this movie. And it's not to say that I think women have been treated like idiots in every movie. I do think there's a heavy amount of sexism towards women in the history of cinema mm-hmm. until recently. Like sexism and, and like Le- Princess Leia being in a slave costume in mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi is blatant sexism in the way George Lucas treated her. Like there's in all of our favorite films, there's like this epic way of mistreating women and so them doing it to men in this movie i don't have a problem with it i do Mm -hmm. think like the movie would have been fine for me either way had they had the men just be regular men and be like look we're above we're above that we're Mm -hmm. just gonna treat everybody equally but i'm also like yeah fuck them like women do get disrespected a lot in cinema do whatever you want or they can be three-dimensional they could be yeah that's yeah that that would be interesting too that's an option well that and that's the thing too is like (laughs) i love this movie for the simplistic comedy explosion that it is you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like i like i love the visual effects i love the sound design i love the music i love the jokes i did the score um 
Here, I'm going to look that up real quick. Well, then I'll talk for a second. Because uh, it's the one thing earlier, the one the one thing that I, I found interesting about it was how bright and colorful it was. The set design, the production design, like all that stuff was really beautiful. You know, like I, I it's it wasn't the production value that bothered me. Right. You know, I thought it was a really good looking movie. And and for somebody who like I like I tend to avoid films that are like CGI, like the, the reason for their existence is the CGI. Yeah. The CGI in this was was gorgeous, you know, yeah. in the first 30 minutes. <laughs> I, don't, I can't really remember after that, you know. But it was it was really it was really quite beautiful, you yeah. know. Um, they did well, and they did a really cool thing. Um, the only reason I really mentioned sound design in this, I'm I'm a big fan of good sound design. Like mm-hmm. Whiplash is, mm-hmm. oh, I'll talk about that movie in a second. But um, uh, when they ignite their, what are they called? The blasters or what are the what are the guns and Ghostbusters? Yeah, I was trying to think of that earlier, I can't remember too. what they're called. See, it's like, a famous name. If they wouldn't have explained for three minutes what they are and why they work, I would just know. Because it's like, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of information to know. When you give you two script pages full of, of explanation of yeah. what, what this is and why they exist. Yeah. Uh, what? Well, they they did this thing where it was... Don't, this, you, don't, you don't cross the streams, right? <laughs> well, yeah, they did. Yeah, they? You don't cross the stream. You... Um, Proton? I feel like... Blaster? I don't know. I don't remember. Someone's probably screaming, listening to this right now. (laughs) You fucking idiots! Um, But when they ignite, it's just like when they did the sound design in the uh, lightsabers in the new Star Wars movies. Mm. Because in the old Star Wars movies, it's like... But Mm. in the new ones, it's like... It's like this meaty, like it shoots out. It's got so much weight to it. I, I fucking, it's so geeky, okay. but I love the shit out of it. Yeah, easy, and man, they, easy. <laughs> and, they, and they do that on Ghostbusters. And I was like, yeah, these things are like, these are dangerous things that they're holding. Right, right, Where the original right, right. one, it was just like, oh, I mean, I love the original, but it was, it was very just like, oh, right. it's a light show because they were limited by the times. But, but see, I love that. I love the, <laughs> I love the vagueness of it because it allows you to imagine, you know, like yeah. it, I I just I love when when there's some space in a film, it allows the audience to participate rather than just anticipate. Right. You know, and so in a film like this, and Ghostbusters 2016, they're constantly giving you feeding you plot in details, and there's no room to experience or participate in what you're seeing. You're constantly just like keeping up with the information. Right. Because at some point, all of all of these words they got to pay off, right? Yeah. And that's why the film is what. Two hours and twenty minutes or something. Oh my god, it's way too long. Oh my god, it's dude, way too it's long. like it's, the Irishman. I will agree with that, yeah. You know, I, I, I kept pressing pause. I was like, oh man, there's a whole there's other more, hour. right? Yeah. And 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 so and this is the, and you know, I, I I get I get flack from this from some people, but like I'm very judgmental about television directors who move into feature filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Paul, is it Feig or Feig? Feig. F-E-I-G? Feige? No, that's Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. Oh, yeah, Paul Feig then. Paul Feig. Yeah, there you go. You know, he comes from television. He comes from really good TV shows, mm-hmm. right? I got a couple here, Arrested Development, The Office. Amazing shows. Amazing shows. <clears throat> and I'll also give us some props again, because those shows are also biting the aesthetic of that we of reality television right. and that we practice on the daily, right? And so, like... When TV, but in television, so much in TV, in serialized television, 
is dependent upon hitting plot points, right. you know, hitting beats, delivering information and having that, setting up that information and having it pay off down the road. And so when you get a television director who's accustomed, like that's what they grew up in, well, they're going to make a movie that has that same very rigorous commitment to plot and information and turns and reveals. And to me, per, like my personal aesthetic, like I, I have a very hard time with that because when I want to, I go to the movies and like, I just saw Ad Astra. There's one story, bro. Like, there's one story in that thing, and there, there's no B story. There's no cutaways. Everything is Brad Pitt. Yeah. Um, two days ago, I saw uh, Monos. This is this Colombian film. It's like this paramilitary troop of kids that are like out in the jungle. Yeah. And it's like there's so much room in these movies, you know. Yeah. And there's almost no like the plot is is almost non-existent, you know. And so when I'm just getting like uh, this onslaught of information and plot is, is really like, it's just not the kind of feature film I, I'm interested into. in. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Because, and I mentioned, I mentioned Whiplash because I wanted to, there, I do love, like Whiplash I think is brilliant. It's mm -hmm. creeping toward my top 10 films. I just rewatched it. Re I actually did a... I want to ask you about that. I, I just too. did a double feature where I watched Whiplash and Steve Jobs back to back because I love mm -hmm. both of those films. Steve mm -hmm. Jobs has one scene in it that I is my favorite scene of all cinema. The yep. scene between him and Jeff Bridges, the back and forth in Act 2. In the dark room? The where it's it's yeah well it's him and it, it goes back and forth from the room the big open room to the dark house yeah and then yeah the board yeah room yeah in. he gets fired right yeah 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 that that it's is amazing that is like watching an opus that yeah. is that is ah uh, I am like I've seen that scene hundreds of times oh, it's, it's beautiful it's so beautiful so anyway so I love and they're two two differently styled movies because Steve Jobs is very oh, Aaron Sorkin, very fast. Yeah. But also Danny Boyle directed that. Yeah, Danny and Boyle like, directed yeah. Like for as, as, as wordy and verbose as Sorkin is, like yeah. Danny Boyle like makes every single scene visual. Yeah, yeah he dances. The camera's dancing, yeah. the dialogue. It's just such a beautifully orchestrated film. Yeah. Um, and Whiplash is, it's just so tangible like it's just oh like that movie's so fucking rich uh, yeah. there's so much space and everything has a point it's all like so those movies that's where i'm just like and most people agree it's just like that is fucking gold mm -hmm. i enjoy the shit out of watching that but i also enjoy watching ghostbusters 2016 where i'm just enjoying really funny jokes that Chris Hemsworth is covering his eyes because something's loud and sure. like I love really stupid shit. It's like it's a great movie for like a family at Thanksgiving when you can like leave the room <laughs> yes. and not care and then come back and like oh look Mr. Melissa McCarthy's like blowing something up yeah. oh. you know and then you they leave and get some pie and then you come back and Kate McKinnon's like pulling something out of her butt again and then like you know yeah if you don't care that much yeah it's an awesome experience. That's true, yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, if it's separate from original Ghostbusters, this film, aside from the fact okay. that the villain's not good, like, the villain's definitely a big problem in this. The villain's not good. The villain's not good. All but, the explanations are not good. Yeah, all the explanations. But the, the action and the comedy, like, as a whole... If it wasn't tied to Ghostbusters, I feel like it would have a better chance with the audience. People would be like, oh, that was a pretty funny movie. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. But but this is but so this is this is this like 
this is almost a rhetorical question because I feel like I know the answer, right? <laughs> but if it would if it would have stood a better chance without the connection to the original Ghostbusters, then why don't they just make a different movie about women who fight ghosts? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm I'm like I said in the beginning, I'm not a fan of remakes. I don't think they needed to make this. Well, I love remakes, but I think I the, don't mind remakes. I think so the reason they did this problem. is money. Well, yeah. So, but so that's this is why it was a rhetorical question, rhetorical question, right? Because right. they do this to guarantee some return on their investment, right? Right. If I'm, and so okay, so ostensibly to your point, a lot of these things are being remade and redone because a generation of little girls is now going to have role models to look up to, right? Right. If I was Melissa McCarthy or Kristen Wiig or Kate McKinnon, and they came to me and said, hey, we're going to do this thing, but we're just going to remake a, a movie with all guys in case in case you guys fail, I'd be like, go fuck yourself. Right? Say that again. So if they... Like, if, if, like, if the executives come to you and say, hey, you guys are some of the biggest female stars working. We mm-hmm. want to make a movie with you. So yeah, let's do it. Okay, but well, we're just going to do a cover of this super popular intellectual property that we already own. And it's going to be a, a remake. Right. I would be offended. I mean, I would take the check and I'd make the movie. <laughs> but if I'm if if I'm if I if if I'm Melissa McCarthy, right? Right. And she's like this ascending star. Oh, and, and they're like made, just do a cover. Made, and you've made Bridesmaids, mm-hmm. right? Which was a huge hit. Yeah. Then she did Spy, which I don't know how well it did, but it did well enough for That's her to movie. think that like uh, I. Friends who like it, I've, you didn't watch. I have a hard it. You time. don't like Melissa McCarthy. I, I, do, I don't find her funny. I don't find her funny. <laughs> There's nothing wrong but with that. I'd be like, if, if that was me, and Kate McKinnon's like the like the anchor of, like the anchored act actor on SNL for years now. Mm-hmm. Kristen Wiig is, she was the lead of Bridesmaids, right? And I'm pretty um, sure that was her movie. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember. I thought Kristen Wiig was the lead of Bridesmaids. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Oh, I thought you said Kate McKinnon. Sorry. No, Kristen Wiig. Sorry. So, between the three of them, they have this. There's like on this ascension path, right? Yeah. And then somebody brings in this project and says, "Okay, we just want you to do a cover because we don't trust that audience will just want to see you in an original work." Right. We're gonna like bring in this existing IP that's hugely successful and bankable. And you're just gonna like remix it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they didn't say it like that. Well, of course not. <laughs> I'm sure they were like, hey, you guys wanna do Ghostbusters? And they were like, fuck yeah, I do. No way they said that. <laughs> no way they said There's well, no, no way. No, they their said, agents were like, what? What's their the size agents, of that check? Their yeah. agents were yeah. like, yes. You should do like, this. This is a lot of money. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, 100%. But I just, and it's like, I get that there's a built in audience for these things. Yeah. And that's why you have like a female version of this and a female version of that. But I, I think it really undercuts. Are there a lot of female argument. covers of movies? I feel like, I feel like last year there were, there's or nothing. maybe not last year, but like in the last three, Recently. four years, there's, I, I, feel I don't like remember this several, one, but I can't think of, or, or if not literally like Ghostbusters, like the Tomb Raiders, Indiana Jones. Right. Um, right. There's been a lot of like, well, we're going to do the female version of this thing. But Tomb Raider was a video game. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not trying to shoot you down. No, 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 no. I'm just no, trying to figure. I appreciate that. I'm not scared, man. <laughs> no, I know I'm you're not. I'm not scared. <laughs> You'll fucking go in. He <laughs> was like, I'll take this whole podcast down. <laughs> he just sets fire to my house. <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> but um, but no, I, like, I feel like there has been other things recently that have been like, let's do the female version of that. And I'm just like, well, then do that. Don't, But don't use... The existing thing that if you know that it's like a darling of the people everywhere, you know, or what would be interesting to me is if they handled it like, and obviously this is not anything a movie studio would ever do because they're about making money and like Kate McKinnon and Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy carry money. Like just putting those names on a movie mm-hmm. guarantees a certain amount of dollars get spent. Sure. So that's, that's, there's a whole system for them, but like, if they did it the way music does it, where artists cover a song to get noticed and then people listen to their music. So like an artist does Paint It Black and then it was like, ooh, I love the way they sang Paint It Black. What right. else do they sing? And then you find out. So if they had no name actors coming in to do re- these reboots, then it's like, oh. I love that idea, then Trevor. You, get to you like... should pitch that to somebody. <laughs> then you get to experience new actors. You're like, oh, I yeah, love this person. That'd then be you dope. See them That's like, show. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, like that, that. I feel like, and then that would be more, because it does feel like agents were just like, fuck yeah, I want that $30 yeah. million dollar check or whatever. I mean, it's a, no-win, it's a no win situation. Yeah. For, for if you're already a star, for it's any, a no win yeah. situation. Because <clears throat> you're, you're just going to catch heat from everybody. Right. And it's not right. it's not anything new to sink your teeth into. You're redoing something. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's an interesting problem, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you like remakes. I do like remakes a okay. lot, you know, cuz the the way the way that I the way that I I conceive of cinema is that the script is nothing more than like it's like a play. Yeah. So, what, you know, like I loved um uh, Gus Van Sant's Psycho remake. You know, it's yeah. like that's like the film of Psycho is not some hollowed ground. Yeah. You know, it's like let some let as many people as want to reinterpret it, yeah. reinterpret it. You know, like I want to see Tarantino's Psycho. You know, right, like yeah, I yeah. want to see whoever's whatever. You know, like I like to, like what are some like Kong, right? Mm-hmm. Kong. Oh, I love Kong. So Peter Jackson's King Kong was fine. Yeah. Then there was the original, which is obviously a masterpiece, but it's old. Then there was like the version in the what seventies or eighties where they're like, it, it's uh, oh who uh, oh man how am I forgetting this? But then like um, Jordan votes Kong. I forget Jordan Jordan vote Roberts is his name I think who did Skull Island. Skull Island, yeah. That movie's amazing. It's really you know, amazing. it's like if somebody has a great take on a thing, well, and I think let that's, them do it. You that's know? the difference. Is I think there's two types of remakes. One is where it's very obviously a cash grab, mm-hmm. or very obviously a political thing, and then there's ones like um, what's the Lady Gaga movie. Oh, Star is Born? Star is Born. Where where that's, make every 10 years? Yeah, where they just keep making that movie. And like you said, like Psycho, Dawn of the Dead, like mm-hmm. things where it's it's it feels less like, a, oh, we're doing this because it's going to make money. It feels, it does, in, even if it is because they're, gonna, they're trying to make money, like it feels more like an artistic expression, especially when there are artists going into it with a different vision. Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. like, for instance, Ghostbusters, which I do love still, it is, it is just bunch of people shooting ghosts there's mm-hmm. not there's no new angle to it other right. than other than them being women obviously but there's no new like 
it's not shot differently. There's no edge to it. It's not, I don't know. It's not treated like a horror film. You know, the other thing that frustrates me about this, this, this film, Ghostbusters 2016, and the current wave of female empowerment films is one of the things that I think is so special about the original Ghostbusters is the love story Mm -hmm. and Bill Murray being Sigourney Weaver and Bill Murray and Bill Murray at the beginning of the movie is this you know not a very nice guy right (laughs) not a very sympathetic guy he's like doing science tricks on chicks to try to get them to go out with him right and then he falls for this Sigourney Weaver character and like he kind of falls in love with her, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't know. There's like, I, I, I think love is an important uh, engine in a movie. Yeah. There's no love in this film. You know, everything is played for laughs or yeah. for a gag. And the love, ostensibly in this film, is between Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig yeah. and it's about their friendship. So how did the two of you guys meet? Uh, Abby transferred to my high school junior year. Go Karate Cats! We started telling ghost stories and we just, we just kind of bonded right away and all the other kids were, you know, getting drunk and going to parties and we're like, uh, that's stupid. (laughs) Plus we weren't invited to any parties. So, how did y'all get into ghosts? Did one of you see one? Yeah, I did. Really? When I was eight years old, the mean old lady that lived next door died. And... That night, I woke up, and she was standing at the foot of my bed, just staring at me. She did that every night for almost a year. What? And I told my parents, and they didn't believe me. (laughs) Still don't believe me. I had to go to therapy for years, and the kids at school found out, and they would laugh at me and make fun of me. Call me Ghost Girl. <laughs> Abby was the only person who believed me. Kids is mean, man, but I believe you. <laughs> and that was and like sweet. The, and that's great. And that's great. And that's sweet. But I do think romantic love, and the reason why it's been it's been it's such a prevalent thing in movies for the mm-hmm. entirety of the existence of cinema, right? Is that like it's hard to duplicate if it's not an obsession like getting to the moon or or traversing the amazon or finding el dorado or or scaling a mountain or whatever you know if it's not some like crazy obsession which is its own form of love mm-hmm. like a rom- like romantic love is like super important you know uh platonic love between two guys or two girls i think is you know it's always gonna lack a certain heft yeah and the, and, and yeah I'm, i i feel like I feel like a platonic love can can carry a film pretty well. I think in this film in particular, it I I do I did really enjoy the two or three scenes where you really got to feel their emotional connection as friends. Especially you didn't make it there this time, but at the end when she jumps in and the music gets swelled and she's like, "I'm not going to run away from you this time." Twice. Yeah. Okay. It's a really sweet moment. It sounds like the um, TV show. 
Right. <laughs> it looked like the end of a TV show. I mean, it's a, um, it's a TV thing. But but for like for instance, Frozen did a really great job of What's showing. That? Frozen. I know. <laughs> it's this. <laughs> it's this thing you haven't seen. Don't worry about it. But in Frozen, since you haven't seen it, um, there's these two sisters, and the whole thing is about like she, her sister, accidentally shoots her with her powers, and she freezes her heart, and oh, she's no. she's told by the trolls that the only way to cure it is true love, and so she's trying to find this guy at the beginning of the movie that she thinks she's in love with. She's just a kid. She's like 18, mm-hmm. and she thinks she's in love. She met this guy on day one, and it mm-hmm. kind of turns the whole Disney trope on its face of like find a guy, fall in love, get married the next day, the ridiculousness of that. So they turn that trope on its head where she gets to him. He turns out to be the villain. This other guy she was with which also is a Disney trope. It's like, oh, he's the one who's going to um, show her the true love. And it's like, oh, wait, it's not him. It's her sister. Her sister comes up and she's totally frozen. Mm-hmm. And she comes up and she hugs her and she's like, I'm so sorry. And she cries. And it's this really emotional scene. Oh, and they did it's a like really... Han Solo and Leia. It is. But that's romantic love. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and only in the sense that she's frozen. <laughs> But just to bring it back one time. Just, just to bring back Star Wars, which my daughter just told Damien she hates. So we'll have to deal with that. <laughs> you can't get her hunting, I know. People are like, what? Um, but yeah, so I, I think it can. I think it can be successful. Um, and yeah. I do think this movie would have done better if they treated it more like a film, because that's what I think. That's what makes the original Ghostbusters so good and so mm-hmm. memorable is it is a film it's funny but it's you're watching a story unfold you see people care about each other you see but this mm-hmm. is all slapstick comedy and there's like the two or three moments where it is genuine emotion you're just like uh like i, I mean this is i feel I, it but it's just it, there like this it this is what i find difficult about uh kate mckinnon is that i never i've never seen her do anything since Sincerely. You know when I want to make a toast. No. Uh oh. Here we go. Here we go. Physics is the study of the movement of uh, bodies in space, and it can unlock the mysteries of the universe, but it cannot answer the essential question of what is our purpose here. And to me, the purpose of life is to love, and to love is what you have shown me. I didn't think that I would ever really have a friend until I met Abby, and then I feel like I have a family, we have my own, and I love you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that was like a real thing right there. That was like so real. I mean, I'm sure she can, but I like... Maybe. Maybe. I don't I, I mean, she's I don't like think... that person you have over for dinner and it's just like, oh my god. Yeah, you are a lot. <laughs> You're a lot, you know? <laughs> yes. She's gotta be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think Melissa she... McCarthy probably like you see it like yeah. she can be chill and sincere and just like, yeah. you know, you can have like some sushi and d- d- watch a game or whatever and right. hang out and d- no, Kate McKinnon seems just it's just like she needs she attention. needs to always, yeah. Oh, the time which I loved in this movie so but... it's so exhausting it's so Kristen exhausting Kristen Wiig can be good she's done she's serious great. roles she's, she's really great good. I love her yeah. she's, re- she's really great in this she, I just feel like I just saw her in something else and she was really great too Kristen Wiig is awesome she's she should really be good. in more stuff you know who should really be in more stuff though is Mindy Kaling I oh, just yeah? started watching The Mindy Project. Have you ever watched The Mindy Project? I think I've seen a couple episodes. Oh, my God, dude. Me really and my good. girl are doing a deep dive on that right now. <laughs> Mindy came... Like, I'm, I'm, so we, start, we started watching Mindy Project. But I'm like halfway through season one. And then we watched this, and I'm like, 
first of all, Leslie Jones, what is she doing? I mean, who do, like? She's on, on the Mindy Project. No, she's in Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> you're, just, you're just jumping back to that. No, because they like they're like because I'm like, oh, I like. Like, okay, I just After love how watching, you're like you're like me and my girl. We were going in on Mindy Project. Man, Leslie Jones, man. man, what the fuck? Keep up, man. Keep up. So no, Lynn, Lynn, Leslie Jones is in Ghostbusters 2016. Yeah, doing a whole lot of nothing, and Mindy Kaling and the Mindy Project is doing the most with everything. Yeah. It's like such a good show, and I'm like. She should be as big as like she could have played any of the parts in Lady Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. any of them, and she would have crushed. She's smart, funny, clever, witty, pretty, like low key when she wants to be big. When she like, I mean, to me, Mindy Kaling is like. The, I I told Chris Ray this the other day, and he's like. I think she's pretty powerful, actually. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> she's a big really? deal, yeah. She should be every, like, she should, like, whatever, whatever, like, who is, who is uh, Liz Lemon? Like, Tina Mindy Kaling, Tina Fey, she, Mindy Kaling should be Tina Fey lover, level popular in, like, the cultural dialogue. I gotta check out Mindy Project. Mindy Project is hilarious, bro. <laughs> like, it's very, it's very tra- traditional sitcom stuff. But, but it's so good. Well, she was one of the writers on The Office. So yeah, she's yeah. It's really good. And B.J. Novak is is on the uh, the Mindy Project. The Mindy Project, okay. and um, he's a supervising producer on it. It's really it funny though, and it moves so fast. Oh, it just has like that really nice quality of like I don't know, sort of like what the platonic ideal is of what a sitcom is Mm -hmm. and what most of them aren't really, but we sort of like aspire to. Yeah. That's exactly what the Mindy, like she nails it, you know. (laughs) She figured it out. Figured it out, you know, and it's not, it's not like, it's not fake reality TV, like Arrested Development and The Office and these shows who ate the style. It's just a straight show. It's a straight, but it's not two camera. It might be a two camera sitcom. I don't, it's not on a stage. It might, it probably is on a stage. No, it's really good. It's really good. Like it might like, I mean, there's there's no studio audience. No, there's no, no studio. No, no. It's not like yeah. Archie Bunker. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Two and a Half Men has a studio audience. Okay, yeah, no, it's not like that. It's not like that. Interesting, but I don't know. Mindy Kaling, Mindy Project is really good. Dude. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Leslie Jones, they didn't do anything with her. It's so frustrating. That's another one I'd be offended. Like if my agent brought me that script and I'm Leslie Jones and she's been on SNL forever and like you want me to, like I don't even show, like, I don't even show up until page 20? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like, what's weird, too, is the the power of Patty compels you scene. Huh? Oh, you don't remember. Um, So... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. What? God damn it. So, Melissa McCarthy gets possessed, and she tries to throw Kate McKinnon out the window... And she's hold and she's holding on for dear life. Oh, and man, Leslie why Jones, did I miss that? <laughs> Leslie Jones comes up behind her and she's like beating her up. And then Melissa McCarthy's head turns around. She's like, "Oh hell no!" And then she throws her on the ground and she's smacking Melissa McCarthy in the face. And she's like, "Get out of my friend ghost!" Ow! That's gonna leave a mark. The power of pain compels you. And it's not good. In my opinion, it's not good. Like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of cringy. And they did it in the trailer. And that moment in the trailer was like, oh, I don't mm. I don't know if this, this is going to be my cup of comedy. Uh, and <laughs> and then I watched the movie. And everything else was great. But yeah, Leslie Jones was, they just, 
and it wasn't her fault. It was how the script was written for her. It was just like they yeah. were like, do this and say the lines like this, yeah, which was unfortunate. It's really too bad. Yeah. Because I think she's funny. She cracks me up on Saturday Night Live. I don't know. I don't watch Saturday Night Live. I don't either. But when I see the clips on, <laughs> when people post the clips, I'm like, oh, she's funny. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Need more of that. Yeah. <laughs> she's great in this. Yeah. I don't watch I don't that. Watch I don't it. me either. <laughs> There's <laughs> more of that action. Um, well, what else was good? What else was good in this movie? I really things. came over like in, in the days leading up to this. I was like, man, I, like you know, I've been meditating, I've been practicing yoga, I've been like really trying to like be more positive and less negative, and you know, less critical yeah. and more embracing, and you know, trying to approach these things like, hey, like you know, it doesn't need to, everything doesn't need to be for me, and like yeah. that's fine. Um, and so there's like a lot of stuff about about the film that I... <laughs> Can't even... I'm also trying not to lie, you <laughs> yeah, know. That's yeah. a that's a weird balance you got going there. <laughs> it's just going to be a silent podcast. <laughs> no, nah, it was pre- it's pretty, you know, like yeah. there's there's pretty stuff in it. Kristen Wiig is great. Kristen Wiig is great. The music is uh, I looked up earlier um, was Theodore Shapiro, and he did. He, Teddy Shapiro. He did um, Tropic Thunder, which also had a really great score. Great movie. He's done a lot of movies. Great um, movie. But yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I think, you know, I think what we're getting at is that TV, you know, it's, it's, it's serialized cinema and feature-length cinema, is, you know, it does different things. Well, it, it, it so, excels in different ways. So he did, he did TV before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do think TV is like the new, it, it is... Obviously, we all love going to the cinema still and watching big movies, but like TV is where you really get that space to and like watch characters grow and you get to mm. live in this world for a long time and you get to see things unravel in different ways than films because they get to take their times and, and time on good shows, mm-hmm. on regular basic shows. It's just like, oh, I know this story. I know where this is going. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think there's a, like Joss Whedon did Avengers and he did it really well. Avengers is great. You liked Avengers when it came out. You changed yes. your mind. No, I'm not changing my mind. I'm just saying, let's not get carried away. Wait, yes, like, he's, he definitely, look, hey, he, he has this. I'll put it this way. Yeah. No, in my, in my humble opinion, mm-hmm. no MCU movie is great. There's Endgame. some that are better than others. Endgame is probably the best one yeah. because they're not feeding a narrative anymore. Yeah. They're not setting anything up. They're paying everything off. And this is what most conventional standalone movies do. Right. You pay the, the whole movie is about, right. you, set, you set, set up one goal and you satisfy that right. goal. And that's why Endgame is great because when the movie's done, it's freaking done. Right. Well, and the Marvel movies is more like a TV show. Exactly, you, which is the problem with them. Or... If you're or me, if which you're is what's the great TV, about them. Is what's great about them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, and like, I understand that. Yeah. I understand that. I'm just, like, I'm in this, like, I don't, I don't look at movies as, as, a, as, a, as an escape or a distraction. Mm-hmm. I look at them as an object to be engaged with yeah. and interrogated um, and appreciated. And if... I look at a thing and it's just an installment. Yeah. It's very difficult to have like a rigorous sort of engagement with a movie that's like 
an episode. Yeah. You know? No, that makes sense. And that's that's what's really interesting about you. What I One of the things I love about you is how deep you get into uh, how you feel about a film. Like, we saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the same theater. We weren't there together, but we have, we were at the, at the same, same screening. At the oh, same yeah, yeah, screening. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. The one with Quentin. Mm-hmm. Quentin, he's our, old, he's our friend. Yeah, QT. <laughs> yeah, QT. <laughs> but uh, we, we walked out of the theater and we were all just kind of like, not sure how we felt about it. And I, I, I mean, I, I loved it, but I love everything. And then um, I, I think Paul really loved it. Um, or I don't, I don't want to speak. Paul was kind of confused. Yeah, I don't want to speak for you, Paul. I think Paul was also confused, and you and you were confused. You were just like, I feel like I have to watch that a couple more times. And yeah. then watching you on Twitter, just you, like you kept Unpack coming. It, yeah, you, you were know? unpacking it every day. You just had new thoughts about it, and you yeah, would like post yeah, articles. Yeah. And I really love that. And a lot of people I know feel they're they're just like, well, Damien said he liked it, and then he didn't like. It. I was like, well, Damien is like me. Where like, I mean. I tend to just continue to like things, but I will change my mind over time. If, for sure. Or I, I might like something and then, like, for instance, a movie that I, I think I mentioned in a previous episode was Batman vs. Superman. Good I, movie. <laughs> so this Good is gonna, movie, This is going to be a reverse <laughs> where, where I watched, in the last episode I revealed that I didn't like Green Lantern. My whole podcast fell apart. Um, but Trevor Loves Everything is just more of a saying. Like, <laughs> I'm not a robot. <laughs> But uh, it's a lie. <laughs> I went to uh, I went to Batman vs Superman. I went with Steve Hernandez, and we we went in fucking ready to fight for this movie because we loved Man of Steel and everybody hated it. And we were like, "You're wrong. It's so good. It's so good." Blah blah blah. And we're like, "Everybody's gonna hate this, and we're gonna fucking love it." And we mm-hmm. walked out of the theater, and we were like, "That was great, right? Yeah, that was great." And we like pumped each other up. And then I went home and I read an article that like beat for beat, like every moment in that movie broke down why it was wrong. And I was like, well, I agree with all of this. So oh, maybe I don't like this movie. Oh man. <laughs> and I can watch it and I enjoy a lot of elements to it. Like I don't hate the movie, but I definitely changed my over hype excitement for the film once I kind of like was reading more and thinking about it and like, oh yeah, well that doesn't make sense. And this is kind of weird that they did this and that feels forced and like the Martha thing, like all of it just kind of, it's really weird. And especially like the doomsday story was, is one of my favorite stories from the Superman comics. And like, I got it. It was one of those things where I got excited watching Mm -hmm. it play out on film. And Mm -hmm. then once I got time to like bask in it and think about it, it was like, oh yeah, well that was just like, that's a, that's an event. I should be in mm. love with Superman and be devastated when he dies. And mm. they just like tacked it on like, oh, look, we killed him in the second movie. And then mm-hmm. just kind of, so that's, mm. I, 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 I'm trying to say is I, I try to do what you do. I, I, I don't go as in depth and I admire that you do that. So mm. that's just what I was going for. Thanks. I try to love movies like you do. <laughs> was it, was it John? Someone said recently, they're like, I just wish. I could just love movies the way you do, just like not, just not let it affect me. <laughs> like, with absolutely no uh, criticism yeah. or uh, just like it's, it's great. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't yeah. want that. Yeah, it's, it's different ways to approach a movie. <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. But and, I mean, and all, all, you know, all ways are valuable. Yeah, you know? and um, and we ultimately found out that you do love Ghostbusters twenty sixteen. So no. <laughs> So no, that's the... no. The more, the more, and you're telling me about these scenes that I, I know I wouldn't like. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, 
No, I'm just mad. Like I paid sixteen, eighteen, that you seventeen own the bucks. Movie now. I own digitally. It's like taking up space. <laughs> like somewhere. if someone goes on your TV, they're gonna be like, "Oh, you like yeah, that?" Yeah, exactly. You're like, "How do I remove a movie from hundred percent, <laughs> dear Amazon? Yes, can you, tell can you us? delete this? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, that kills me. I wish. Well, I wish this has been a really fun talk. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this. So yeah, I had a good time. It took me. A long, I was I was uh, high key offended that you never invited. me I know. Me I texted Damien. And... I was like, "Hey, you want to do Trevor Loves Everything?" And he went, "It's about time." <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to run around begging to be on a movie podcast, <laughs> yeah, but, but if anybody be. should be on a movie podcast, it's Damien Bellavo. <laughs> um. Well, hopefully we can find another movie. I'll just keep... I keep trying to build a list of movies that I love okay. that are um, not popular. But I know you like Last Jedi, so we can't do that one. Can't do that one. Maybe I'll have you help me tag team someone. I mean, you gotta you gotta watch some old movies, Trevor. I do have to watch some old movies. Because I've, I've heard that you... like. Anything before like 1987, you just, you, you don't, you, you never... no, well, I have seen a lot of films. I just haven't seen all of the films. <laughs> so like the really big ones, like Star Wars, but for instance, I went to watch Indiana Jones and, uh, at Hollywood Bowl, like the live orchestra playing with Indiana Jones. And, first time? Well, I didn't realize it was for the first time. Oh my I, God, Trevor. I had seen all the other movies except the first one, and I thought I saw the first one for some reason. I was watching, I was like, Oh, because you've seen so many clips of it over the yeah, course that's of what, that, Well, that's what it was. I was like, oh, yeah. I, know, I know this scene, I know this scene. Yeah. I, like, I knew everything, them tied to the post and the goat. Like, I've yeah. seen it all, but I haven't actually... And so I was watching, I was like, I don't... Because wow. I didn't remember him as a professor or anything. Oh, it's so, the eyelid. That was I trippy. Yeah, the, exactly. Dude, there's so much good so stuff much, in that. Yeah. I know John was like a little bum john schneider went with me and he he was excited that it was my first time but also a little bummed because you don't really hear a lot of the nuances in the sound and the dialogue mm-hmm. and on the big screen because you're mostly just listening to the score right and he's right, like oh right. you gotta watch it again at home like on your tv and really like yeah um we just went on a whole bunch of tangents thanks for coming on damien thanks for having me Trevor. um you I have anything you want to you want to plug on the episode no, people can just come find me on Twitter at Damien Beliveau, uh, on Instagram at Damien Beliveau. Um, I also have a photography project I've been doing called the Part Black Project, um, which is on Instagram under the Part Black Project. Um, that's it, man. I got a book coming out next year, nice. a book that I'm completing next year. Nice. Coming out, we will see what happens cool yeah all right well hopefully i'll have you on again i'll definitely have you for a b-side and uh love it and we'll talk soon thanks (laughs) later oh and (laughs) i always forget to do my sign off and so you if you listen if you're listening to me for the first time i am trevor carley at on twitter and on instagram um please rate and review um my podcast it helps it get seen by more people and more people means more people get to experience the wonder of these films i discuss like ghostbusters 2016 so please rate and review if you please please i said please too many times all right that's it and bye